Welcome to Line in the Sand by the Wilderness Committee. I'm climate campaigner Peter McCartney. Our show will bring you stories of the people standing up to one of the world's most powerful industries, big oil. From the frigid waters of the Salish Sea to mountain passes in Sequatmaculloch, we'll meet the folks determined to protect their home and stop the Kinder Morgan pipeline. First Nations, cities, and even the province of British Columbia are fighting this project in the courts. Today, we'll talk to a few of the people behind the legal challenges about what's at stake. It doesn't say consent, only for nations that agree with industry. It says consent by First Nations, period. Orcas swim through a sea of people down Granville Street to meet a cheering crowd. Drums echo off downtown Vancouver's skyscrapers. Day one of the federal court case against Kinder Morgan. First Nations and their supporters are outside with a clear message. This pipeline will not be built. Fifteen legal challenges spanning from indigenous rights to endangered species hope to overturn federal approval of the pipeline. Only one needs to succeed to send Kinder Morgan back to the drawing board. Charlene Alec is a counselor from the Tsleil-Waututh Nation, the people of the inlet. She heads up the nation's sacred trust initiative to protect their waters from Kinder Morgan. They put together an extensive assessment of the pipeline's ecological and cultural impact. Often I say it's not in our backyard, it's in our kitchen sink, because it's been proven that we've gotten over 90% of our diet from the, from the waters. Our assessment that Tsleil-Waututh Nation has done um, and presented to the federal government um, has not been met. It was definitely ignored and it regressed to the place of, okay, we've heard your concerns, but we're still gonna push this pipeline through because it's good for Canada's economy. Going up against the combined resources of a multi-billion dollar company and the government of Canada is a daunting task. Tsleil-Waututh Nation, you know, we're a small community. We're just over 500 uh, members it's hard to keep up that that pace to to fight this fight, but we are, I would like to think, holding our own and, and bringing it to court. It's hard to trust a government that tried to banish us for years and years and years and years. And what I'm trying to be successful in today is what my parents had done or what my grandparents have done or what my great-grandparents have done. To be able to have the ability to lead our life, to govern our people, to have a say in what goes in our territory. That's the crux of the court cases for six First Nations who are suing the federal government. Eugene Kung is a lawyer for West Coast Environmental Law who draws a parallel to the case that killed Enbridge's Northern Gateway Pipeline in 2016. The duty to consult the constitutionally recognized and guaranteed Aboriginal rights and title were not adequately uh, addressed in either the National Energy Board or the subsequent federal government processes. And this is the exact area where Enbridge fell at the end of the day, was the Harper government's failure to, uh, to meet that duty. I think the court said it was woefully inadequate. Given that each of these nations has a guaranteed right uh, under the Constitution, and they have their own unique sets of facts and circumstances, success on any one of those arguments could 
pause, stop, or delay the project. Courts have found not only does Canada have this duty to consult, but also to accommodate First Nations concerns. That over time has evolved to, to also say, you can't have meaningful consultation if you're just listening and doing what you were going to do anyway. With a landmark decision in 2014, Canadian courts are moving closer and closer to the standard of the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. It requires the free, prior, and informed consent of First Nations for decisions affecting their territory. Industry and governments need to recognize that the legal landscape has shifted and that their conduct is part of this broader story of how reconciliation looks, feels, sounds, smells uh, in Canada. That it's, it has to go beyond campaign promises and feeling good about ourselves uh, to actually getting into that uncomfortable place to allow for the healing to happen. Over and over again, First Nations are forced to tell their stories to governments who seldom listen. We spent a lot of resources building um, that case where they know who we are, they know who we're, where we're from, they know how we want to live our life. We've handed all that information to them. Where does that sit? They know a lot about us now. They know about our ways of life, but how is that going to help us? Where along the road is it going to turn around and start helping us as Indigenous people? Fighting colonial governments and extractive industries in court is expensive, and communities shouldn't have to pay the cost of defending their basic rights. Mary Lovell was a key organizer of the Pull Together campaign to help fund the lawsuits. All sorts of different people came together to show support for First Nations lawsuits against Kinder Morgan. We were incredibly successful. It was amazing to watch the numbers grow. Uh, I was refreshing pull-together.ca quite often um, to see that we raised a half a million dollars for these lawsuits. Alec is hopeful the courts will find in her favor, as they have in 97% of First Nations court cases that have made it to the Supreme Court. But no matter what happens, her resolve to protect her people's lands and waters remains. We'll still oppose this project. There will be no pipeline built in Slaughter Territory, and I would lay my life down to that. And those of us that are here know that the court proceedings upstairs where we're hearing powerful arguments is just one part of this fight. The other battle is on the ground. And we all know, and many of you, thousands upon thousands, have pledged to do what it takes to stop this pipeline dead in its tracks. Thanks for joining us for the fourth episode of Line in the Sand. Over the coming months, we'll bring you more stories from the front lines of the fight against Kinder Morgan's pipeline. Tune in next time as Burnaby residents and students stage a die-in to highlight the safety risk the pipeline would bring to their community. I'm Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee, and until then, keep up the fight.